Okay. Uh, welcome to 3 Out of 3 Falls, a wrestling podcast where your hosts discuss three matches, one chosen by each of your hosts and one chosen by the random match generator. My name is Joe. My name is Jason. And uh, we were gone last week, holiday weekend. And we took a break. We took a break. We took a, you know, uh, we had some scheduling conflicts. We said, hey, it's a break. Who's going to listen to this podcast on the holiday? That's the reason why nobody would listen to the podcast, because the holiday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, and we but. were riding off the high of our From the Archives mini episode about Jim Belushi. And uh, we thought, you know, let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got three matches of varying quality to uh, dive into here. And, uh, kick off the summer with um some weird choices <laughs> yeah which which i i will say you know if you haven't checked out the mini episode the jim belushi episode uh go to tootf.tumblr.com uh and check out that mini episode also the previous episodes from the series and also you'll see uh links to the three matches that we will be discussing today so check it out if you haven't already yeah we've been posting links to when we can find them on you know free on the internet not just on the network so if you don't have the network uh the wwe network that is and you would like to watch the matches usually we can find something some clips or the whole match thank god for daily motion how is that site in existence it's crazy it's just like what if youtube (laughs) were illegal Boom, daily motion. <laughs> Gets to be in existence. People can post stuff up. I don't I don't get it. Um It's oh, amazing. Yeah, it is. We're gonna start with my match this time, right? Yeah, match one. Match number one, my pick this week. The oh wait, well okay. The Usos versus Breezango <laughs> for the WWE <laughs> SmackDown tag team championship. Backlash. Now, is it- no, go 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 ahead. What? I was gonna interrupt you. Is Thanks. it Brizongo or is it Brizango? How do you, how the fuck do you say it, this? Joke? Well, I think it's Brizango because it's fan, Fandango. Oh, Fandango. Because that's how he pronounced it. Mm. Right. But anyone else would say Fandango. So it's <laughs> and and for short they call him Dango. That's his nickname. That's one of my they favorite things about just him. Call him. I think they should they should just call him Dang or just Duh. No, he goes. Dan, he Dan. always goes. Uh, is his, is get his him, name Dango. Dan? He goes. Get him, oh. Dango. Get him, Dango. That's great. Um. Okay. Backing up a little. The Usos versus Brizango for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship from Backlash 2017, May 21st, 2017. This is not that long. A couple weeks. Hey man, fresh off the fucking. Uh... Skillet. This match had not happened when I selected it. And I did that, and well, for one, because I wasn't going to be able to watch Backlash live, and I wanted to make sure I watched this match. And two, because Jason picked his match on the last episode ahead of time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man. if he's going to break all the rules, so am I. So, well, I, bro- I broke all the rules to keep the random match generator in line. Yeah, man, you know. thanks for that, because this week we got quite a pick from it. I guess it's a <laughs> new match. At least it's a match that it has not picked before. That's pretty good. But That's true. I don't know if I would rather have watched 
<laughs> the Gold Dust Ultimate Warrior match again. We're, get, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're okay. getting ahead of ourselves. Get I back to Brizongo and the Usos. Here's why. The Usos, even though they they had been boring me for a couple of months because no one gave them anything to do, in their uh their new, well, since like September or whatever, bad guy personas, they've been killing it, right? Yeah. They're revitalized. They're really good bad guys. They look cool. They look way cooler than they used to. And I normally don't like guys who look who have kind of like a generic thug look or whatever, you know. Or, or people who dress like real people in real life are not my favorite wrestlers. Anyone in street clothes is less interesting to me than a person not in street clothes. Mm. See, I think that their new outfits make them look like the shitty mid 2000s SmackDown tag team called Deuce and Domino. I don't even know. Well, I, I've heard of Deuce and Domino. I've never watched a Deuce and Domino match. You should you should uh, check it out. One of those guys is related to a famous wrestler, right? I think one of them is Snooka's son. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. I probably won't check him out unless you pick a match uh, next time. A Deuce don't... and Domino match. <laughs> Don't fucking tempt me, Joe. Okay, so um, the other side of this equation is Brizango, Brizango, whatever, interchangeable. Um, Tyler Breeze and Fandango. You fucking love them. You fucking love them. Well, here's why I love them. I was a big Tyler Breeze fan when he was in NXT. He was in my top five wrestlers at the time. I just thought he was great. I thought he was a, a great worker. Um, great wrestler and really fun and funny. Fandango was always just a guy on the roster that I didn't know, you know, if he was good or bad or whatever. I missed his NXT stuff. There's Johnny Curtis, I believe. Pretty good look, though. And when they were thrown together in a tag team, I felt bad for Tyler Breeze. But they've been consistently entertaining. As they've gotten more and more screen time. And then leading up to this, they've been doing these fashion files things, which aren't the best, but they're, I'm pretty pleased with them. I mean, they're pretty, they're very, very, they're very good. I mean, in terms of weekly throwaway, you know, goofy video backstage segments, they're pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And when they say, I mean, so leading up to this, the Usos have shirts that say day one-ish and, uh, (laughs) That's their hoodies, and then Tyler Breeze and Fandango don't know what that means, and they say, they go, day one is H? And so they say, leading up to this, right before the match, they go, finally, our day one will be H. <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's great. They do a bunch of stupid stuff, and this match is full of stupid stuff. Um, I if you would t- If you said to me, hey, Joe, do you think you're like a match that involves two costume changes for Tyler Breeze? I would have said no, but um, they proved me wrong here. They they proved me wrong multiple times in this match. I I think that I mean this is this is classic pure entertainment. Yes, like but... they are like the new like Mizdow kind of like situation. They are they are entertaining. They are funny. They are good. They are good wrestlers. Uh, yes. They are. That's not taking anything away from the com the comedic element of their yeah. tag team characters right now. I mean, they're but the but the little the little things that they do within the match 
are really fucking funny. Like well, I loved it. I loved before, it. Before before we uh, talk about the humor anymore, I want to piggyback on what you said about Mizdow and Miz, sure. because kind of similarly similarly to Mizdow and Miz, but maybe a little different because Mizdow didn't really wrestle. These guys are kind of a comedy act, and they come out and they're really the comedy in this match is very broad. Whenever you see yeah. broad comedy from anyone in WWE, I don't know about you, but I get nervous. I think they're going to get destroyed, right? Or they're going to yeah. look like buffoons. But these guys are good wrestlers, and I don't want them to look like total shit. This match, they lose, spoiler alert. I, I don't, I'm going to cut saying spoiler alert. Uh, no, so, no, keep, keep the spoiler well, alert it. in, they man. Lose. <laughs> so they lose, but... The commentary, they look good. They do this broad comedy, but they also wrestle very well. They almost win. They put up a great fight, and the commentary is cracking up, but also like consistently selling how good they wrestle, saying, wow, they almost won. Wow, the Usos were inches away from losing. Those guys look great. These are guys yeah. that this involved two like very broad comedy acting and two costume changes. So this is best case scenario for comedy match in WWE. Similar to how Miz and Mizdow were best case scenario. We also did we watch Miz and Mizdow versus Usos too? Sure fucking did. That's pretty funny. But yeah, uh let's talk about some of these comedy bits. So I think that my favorite I have mm -hmm. two favorite points. One is when Fandango one of the Usos does a sunset flip on Fandango, and he's trying to catch his balance by waving his arms, yeah. trying to you know <laughs> retain fall. his balance so he doesn't yeah. fall. But instead, he turns the waving of his arms into a Rick Rude. Yeah, he sexy does a Rick Rude pose. reference. Yeah, yeah, which the sexy pose is a link between the two matches. Who, when I saw you know, it. I watched it after I watched your pick this week, and I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah, um, fuck. The, the sexy pose is the link. That's that's the fucking... That, that's fantastic. I also thought it was hilarious when Tyler Breeze... The role? Which one? The Sorry. role? The role no. across. <laughs> oh, that's, shit, no. That that's was my favorite funny. part. But... That was funny, but my other favorite part was whenever... Tyler Breeze did a costume change into he was an old woman. He was like a grandma. Yeah. And they changed and, Let's Go Grandma. Let's Go Grandma. But one of the Usos ripped the dress off of him and threw yes. it into the crowd and it fucking hit JBL in the face. And JBL yes. everyone's cracking up because that is that is hilarious. And JBL was like, Ha ha, the last time that happened, I had to pay for it. Yep. And that was that just that so, whole thing. This was hilarious. From then, I think even before then, everyone was cracking up, right? The announcers yeah. were cracking up. At some point around then, it's like an SNL skit where they break. I mean, the wrestlers are still doing their job. The commentators are legit cracking up. One of them, ref I think JBL calls out the TV truck guys. He's like, quit laughing back there in the TV truck. I yeah. can't. Everybody is cracking up at how absurd this has gotten, right? Oh, yeah. And they seem to be having a great amount of fun. The commentary oh, in this is really great, too, because they're having fun. But, like, 
As they're having fun, Byron takes the time to say, as weird and awkward as this match has been, Brizango could be moments away from winning the SmackDown Live Tag Team titles. <laughs> you know? And they yeah, also, no, totally. Also, no, JBL totally. is playing at kayfabe with Tyler Breeze's costumes. When Tyler Breeze oh, comes yeah. in as Tyler Breeze, he says, look, Tyler Breeze has decided to join this match the first time he's been in after he's been in as the janitor and the grandma. Oh, yeah, totally. Undercover Breeze. And I think Byron goes, oh, my God, John. <laughs> like what? A, <laughs> but it was perfect. It's a great line, a great back and forth. At the end, JBL mentions that the Usos overcame four on two odds. <laughs> <laughs> but and then he says, that could be the craziest thing I've ever seen, ever. I just think, yeah, it was super fun. My favorite goofy comedy moment was Tyler, the, they, the Usos go up. One of them goes up for a frog splash, and Tyler rolls away too far and then i think he runs over to the other corner or the other one goes up and tyler rolls back and they keep doing this while and so tyler breeze is just rolling across the ring but while he's doing that fandango is waving him over so like tyler rolls one way fandango is waving him over and then they he looks up and sees the other uso come and the uso come up to the other turnbuckle and fandango's like go back go back like <laughs> traffic directing them it's so stupid i also gotta yeah. say senior official mike kyoto what a pro man <laughs> holy shit the mop stuff and all of it and I'm... and kyoto's just like keeping a straight face fuck i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if he fucking refereed the fucking uh the, the, match. Match. Oh, the fucking yeah. last one that we watch yeah so i, I mean, mean he's this... he's an old pro yeah, this is really like, uh, what the fuck is going on in this match? It's really goofy, but then there's great moves. Like, Tyler Breeze in his janitor costume with a killer enziguri, you know? Like, you, oh, I didn't yeah. think there were going to be moves once I saw Breeze in that costume. And they really, they pull out the moves. They do good wrestling. They do go fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, Usos the... try their best not to break. And, uh, man, it's it, it was a good time. Yeah. And the and the the finishing sequence was good as well. Yeah. A lot a lot of planches to the outside. It looks like they're actually maybe. It looks like Brizongo is maybe in a position where they could possibly win. Mm -hmm. But then the Usos hit super kick on yeah. Breeze, and you know then you get the big splash for the win. Usos retain. It was a good match. It, it was it was an unexpected awesome fun entertaining you know one of those kinds of matches that remind you why you like wrestling yeah in the first place and in the smackdown sense i mean i've watched the brizango clips since the smackdown after they get you know they go to turn in their badges to shane thinking he's commissioner slaughter i think <laughs> and uh it's fun and then he gives them singles matches and they get a rematch but the best thing is that it looks like New Day's back. They're going to feud with the Usos, but Brizango gets a feud still. They did. They aired another Fashion Files, and it got. It was all noir, and they're like trying to figure out who trashed their office. Oh shit! So they're sticking around in, in stories and on on screen. That's great. I mean, yeah. they they would be great to have as just another tag team to have in the mix. That is entertaining, 
that is just more bodies that they can actually do something with. And also, don't let them fade away into the background. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Get involve them in a new feud. Involve them in a fatal four way with them and the new feud people. You know, like I don't know. SmackDown Live has a bunch of tag teams. Um, yeah. And they I mean, could who be debuting a new one? So I mean, who the who the fuck is even on there? Is American Alpha on there? They've still? got American Alpha. They still got the Ascension. They've got uh, the Colognes now. They've got. Oh shit. Uh, they lost Slater and Rhino. <laughs> Which what was another. their what was their fucking name? Slater and Rhino. Beauty and the Man Beast. <laughs> Beauty. I don't and know if Beauty. that was ever their official name. I think they fucking were announced hell. as they were announced as Heath Slater and Rhino, but um. Beauty uh, and Man Beast. JBL called him that. Um, That's fucking funny. Hey, should we move on to match two? I think I could just talk about how much how fun this is and how happy I am for these guys. Oh, one more point. <laughs> Fandango sure. uh, is great. He's so great. He's a great wrestler. He has a great look. He's jacked. Uh, he does cool moves. That guy is like totally shining in this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean you give... Give Fandango something to do that he can actually get behind, and he's he's great. Surprise! I think, it turns out he's badass. Yeah, I mean he, I'm his initial run on Raw was great, but then he just got lost he's in the so fucking good, shuffle. He overshadows Tyler Breeze, and part of that is because he's just bigger than him. Uh, yeah, he's more Jack and has a funnier voice. But man, yeah, he's great. I'm. Dango and Breeze, good for them. Good for them. You know, it's like it's like Tango and Cash or something like that. It's like a yeah. fucking. It is. They are the epitome of a of a buddy film, and all a, bu- what, a buddy cop film. They yes. are the fashion files. And and then another thing, when whenever people bitch about, oh, there's the roster's not deep enough for SmackDown to be a separate thing or things being boring, like. This is the brand split at its finest. If the yeah. brand split did not happen, we would never have fashion files. We would never yeah. we would not have this Brizango match, you know? True. This is the type of stuff that I want to see from a separate SmackDown. You know what I mean? Sure. Taking overlooked undercard wrestlers, giving them storylines and giving them time and space to develop characters and and, and try stuff. Like wrestling with a mop. Um, <laughs> oh, that's another tie-in to the next match. Wrestling with props and being allowed to oh, <laughs> use illegal continue. foreign objects to, in a fucking to match. Continue? Yeah. Um, oh, man. I've got... I Well, okay. The next match number two. <laughs> Jason, you're match, match number two. <laughs> Ravishing Rick Rude versus the Ultimate Warrior for the WWF Intercontinental Championship from SummerSlam 1989, August 28th, 1989. Now, the reason why I picked this match, if you listen to the last non-mini episode episode of the podcast, you would know that I got fed up with the random match generator picking the same fucking Ultimate Warrior in Gold Dust match. So yeah. I decided to call out the random match generator and pick a match 
where I could see the Ultimate Warrior in what I think is his prime. I actually think that this is the best, possibly the best Ultimate Warrior match ever. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I fucking love this match. I'm. Uh, it's either this match or the Mania 6 match against Hogan. Wait, hold on a second. You love this match. You think this is Warrior's best match? I think this is Warrior's best match. Why? Because of the fucking bumping machine that is Ravishing Rick Rude. I think that he's a good foil. War- for... Rude is amazing. Warrior yeah. and one of the things I wrote down in my notes about after his promo and when he comes out um, I sometimes I find it hard to believe that the Ultimate Warrior existed well when you take a look at him in this promo that he cuts with Mean Gene and his fucking face and his hands are the same color as the purple on his fucking face paint his hands and his wrist right next to the 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 wrist wrap thing looks so oh, yeah. gross. It's like it's like overflowing oh, yeah. and disgusting. But he looks he's insane. He is completely yeah. he's an insane promo. He's always an insane promo. But this but this fucking promo is complete insanity. I just complete wrote Warrior insanity. promo in all caps. It is totally bonkers. And his like Warrior in his prime, the fact that he did all this stuff. Yeah. And we watched it as kids. Like, I know it's a thing that happened. We have video evidence. But sometimes I'm just like, how did this fucking happen? <laughs> this, they let a maniac rake in the million, millions of dollars just going crazy. It's, it's wild. He's a crazy man. Also, fewer things make cocaine look cooler than Warrior's Entrance. <laughs> when he charges out like a uh, waving oh, yeah, his dude. arms I mean, and, and runs around the ring and jumps up and shakes the ropes, it just oh, yeah. makes me want to snort a bunch of coke. <laughs> it's just, it, it, I'm just like that looks so much fun. Oh, look at the, the power of the warriors. So one thing that I, one thing that I love about this match, and actually about SummerSlam '89 in general, is Tony the... Schiavone. I get it. I understand. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, man. Jesse Ventura is the shit in this, but sorry. Jesse Ventura is great, but the thing that I love the most is the video package recaps. Yes. Leading up to this, it's superposed down. Oh, yeah. So this this feud kind of starts with Royal Rumble 1989. There's a superposed down. I think that the Rumble 89, it was someplace in Texas. I want to say it's probably in Houston or something like that. They recycle all these old stupid pay-per-view names like over the limit no way out they should have a pay-per-view called superpose down because that's a, that's, a, <laughs> that's a great name for an event superpose down 2017 it's on the smackdown brand <laughs> so rick rude and ultimate warrior have a superpose down and the reason, and it was in Texas. Do you want to know why they did it? Why they started this feud in Texas? It's because both Rude and Warrior used to be a part of World Class Championship Wrestling, which is which was the major Texas territory. So they were guaranteed to get a good pop from the crowd because they were familiar with their with their previous work, free cool. um, WWF, etc. So Pose Down goes on. Rude's obviously losing. 
and he decides to spray some oil or some water or some shit in Warrior's face, hit him with some sort of, what, what do you call that thing? The bindi thing? Like a oh, flex? Yeah. It's a, it's a... Flex or something like that? It's one of yeah. those things, it has like a... It's that re- exercise bar that you bend. God, we are pathetic. Neither one <laughs> of us has ever worked out in our lives. We've it's never like worked out. A, it's a, yeah, it's that thing you bend to, you know, kind of get your muscles. Um, a muscle bendy bar or something like that. Oh, man, this is rough. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. So anyway, so they fucking hit Warrior in the head with it and choke him out with it. So that builds up to Mania so wait, 5. Who, does Rude win the pros pose now? Dude, I think that Warrior no wins contest? the fucking... No contest? It's a no contest, man. It leads <laughs> to fucking... Warrior has to defend his Intercontinental Championship against Ravishing Rick Rude at Mania 5. No one's giving Rude a chance in hell of winning. But due to the sneaky tactics of Bobby Heenan, he fucking does. Wait a second, though. My question for you on this one is... Ravishing Rick Rude wins the IC title at Mania because Bobby Heenan tripped the Warrior and held his boot under the rope. Doesn't having a foot under the rope break the count? Exactly, but look at the referee's positioning. He was concentrating on the shoulders. He wasn't looking at the feet. So Who who was that referee? I might say that it is senior referee Mike Chioda with hair. Well, I was going to say, if it's Joey Morella, I can understand the call being bad because last time we saw Joey Morella in a match, I felt for him. He was getting beat the shit out of him by three guys. But (laughs) this time he sucks. He's a shitty ref. In this match, he blows. Yeah. I mean, he's not great. My respect for Joey Morella. And I say this jokingly because he's a dead man and I'm not like, you know, profaning his good name. Jokingly, my respect for him dropped a lot after this match. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I mean, he wasn't a great ref. Also, I think that he was kind of put in a position where he had to allow the things that need to happen in this match. Yeah, they told him to do it. Kayfabe, he's a shit ref. Yeah. But... Real life, he's he's a good employee. Yeah, he was a good employee. So, anyway, Rude wins the belt. There's some more, you know... Go, uh, goading between Rude and Warrior leading up to this rematch. This is a nine-month Rude... feud. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, what Rude, about Rude... In, the, in, the, in the video package when Andre the Giant chokes a guy? Was, it's fucking that, frightening. He's choking the Warrior, that was, right? That was the week. That was the weekend before this match. Because this match took place on like a fucking like Wednesday or something, or like a Wednesday or a Thursday. This was back in the day whenever they would do a pay-per-view on whatever fucking night of the week they wanted to. Yeah. They weren't held Sundays. So on Superstars of Wrestling or Wrestling Challenge the weekend before SummerSlam, Warrior has a match. Heenan comes out and starts you know, antagonizing him, distracting him. Andre the Giant comes out and fucking attacks the Warrior and chokes him out to wear him down so that Rude will again have it potentially have an advantage yeah. on the Warrior for this match because Heenan wants to hold on to that belt. Andre the Giant choking even a man as large as the Warrior just looks scary as hell. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's pretty fucking... It, looks, it was cool. It's an awesome build. So, all this is to say that 
all this build makes it so that whenever this match gets started, this crowd is fucking hot for this match. They are fucking bonkers to see these two wrestlers go at it again. And with the added incentive of you want to see the warrior regain the belt because of the shitty way that he lost at mania. Mm -hmm. So two things that I love about this match are the ways in which warrior looks both weak and strong. Yeah. You're gonna have to convince me on that one. Well, I think (laughs) he just looks like a big idiot. In yes. some of the ways that he is put on the defensive and not on the offensive, he gets too overzealous and it turns into a big dumb idiot and gets outsmarted by Root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the other thing is the arsenal of moves that are, that are displayed. There's like, Warrior does a fucking pile driver. When the yeah. fuck have you ever seen the Warrior Rick do Root a- does a reverse, a backwards pile driver. Yeah. What the hell was that move? Yeah, it's I'm it, it's fucking weird. It's Rick a really Rude jumps from the top rope and I think he just punches a prone ultimate warrior. Hits it hits him in the head with his fist. A driving rope. The d- most drivingest driving punch <laughs> in the history of driving punches. Yeah, no still joke. looks pretty good. Uh, still looks awesome. And also the one thing that I like about this is that they give it doesn't feel like a sped up match they give the match enough time where it has a real ebb and flow to it like warrior starts really hot he does the mistake of it starts with a schmoz on the outside oh warrior gets a little too uh, yeah this is one of my least favorite parts too except for jesse the body so warrior goes out of the ring immediately hits Rick Rude with the belt in full yeah, view of Joey Morella. He's fucking out there disqualified. With yeah, you should be Wrong. disqualified. He's not disqualified. No, because we want to know why? Because it's two fucking minutes into the fucking match. Yeah, they got I like know, 20, they got 20 to burn. What the hell out, was he doing? So he hits him with the belt. I'm cracking up. And then Je- Jesse, the body is going, that should be a disqualification. And Tony's like, well, I don't know, because he's playing Vince McMahon. And Jesse Vada goes, <laughs> what are you going to tell me, Shivani? You can shoot someone outside the ring just because it's outside the ring? <laughs> it's a great argument. It is. It's not it is. a good argument, because if you shot someone, you wouldn't be disqualified. You'd be, you'd be imprisoned. Arrested. You'd be arrested. Yeah. You'd go to jail for murdering someone in a stadium. <laughs> You wouldn't just get disqualified. <laughs> but it is still a great argument. It's totally ridiculous. All the he, he cheats. The good guy cheats immediately. The he bad had, guy commentator calls it out. It looks stupid. I didn't like all that it. outside of the ring chaos. Because yeah. it's like, you have a guy. His name is the ultimate warrior. Why yeah. does he need to break the rules two minutes in? I think the whole that... match should be about... Rick Rude trying to sneakily break the rules. Yeah. To which he didn't which he didn't really. No. <laughs> I think oh, that man. the way in which Warrior broke the rules is the same way. I think he got a case of the Hogans. 
in the same way that Hogan does like sneaky shit, yeah. actually does some real heel shit. Like, I don't know, throw powder in someone's eyes, hit someone with a loaded purse, Spike you know, them. do all the, yeah, fucking do shit like that in order to, you know, look at the crowd and hold up your finger like, shh, don't tell anyone that I just did this. Usually I think that, that I think happens, that I though, think that, later in a match when the bad yeah. guys have been doing it to him and then he gets to do it back. And obviously, you know, the old maxim of two wrongs don't make a right is what a real hero should uphold. But you're you're watching <laughs> fucking wrestling. You're watching professional professional wrestling and you get caught up in this match and then you get the good guy and he's like, you're in on this with me. We're going to turn the tides on this, use their weapon against them, right? Oh, yeah, totally. But Warrior doesn't – he just – he he throws – he does a gorilla press slam, Rick Rude, out of the ring. Rick Rude falls like 14 feet. Oh, yeah. And then Warrior's like, that's not enough. I'm going to smash you in the face with your golden belt. If that were at the end after Rick Rude missed with his – you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, I it would be something. I, I, think that, I, I think that Warrior got a little too cocaine excited about all this and kind of lost his train of thought and honestly was not thinking about the rules. He was more thinking about just maximum impact for the crowd, you know, which is which is typically warriors MO when we're back in the ring. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes and I see at some point later on, I have a note that says fucking Morella, <laughs> but I don't remember <laughs> what else he did. Did he get knocked over or something? Yeah, he got knocked okay. over like twice. What a, what a like he got knocked, he got knocked over, <laughs> and then fucking like, oh, when he kind of break- gets, he gets up, and then Warrior's trying to do like a power slam to Root, and Warrior just like backs right into Morella. Yeah, but like, he just backs cool, right into him. Like delay power slam. That's pretty cool. You know what I, yeah. move I love is when Rick Rude does the grab the tights and pull them into a kidney forearm. Oh yeah. Totally. That move is great. People should do that move more. Yeah. The thing that I always loved about Rick Rude was that he was jacked. You could tell he was strong, but he was agile, extremely agile. He's him and Kurt Henning. I mean, both both Minneapolis dudes mm-hmm. kind of bump in the same way. They're very much yeah. like they're they're very all over the place, flailing. But in a believable way, not in a, oh, God, this dude is pitiful way. I could totally see Kurt Hennig doing the great way over the top but still awesome thing Rude does in here where he gets thrown into the turnbuckle and does like a freeze frame of pain. Yeah. And falls. Yeah. The yeah, delay totally. before, like, it's comical, but they don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a good moment. What's the difference yeah. between a Kurt Hennig selling and a Rick Rude selling versus like a Dolph Ziggler selling? Is it that Dolph Ziggler looks too much like a good guy? I think that because all three of those bu- dudes are handsome guys, but I feel like Hennig with yeah. his curls and his sneer, and Rick Rude with his curls and his <laughs> his wavy locks and his stash <laughs> and his sneer look yeah. like in the 80s they looked like caricatures or archetypal shit douchebags right yeah and of like a, a comical villain you know and Ziggler 
Maybe Ziggler needs to grow like a handlebar mustache to be a, a bad, a convincing bad guy. I think that Ziggler is too handsome. Like, yeah. I feel like he's too handsome like, and too and like Kurt he's Hennig too pretty boy. Too. Okay, too pretty they boy. are, but but they're also evil. That's the thing. Ziggler's never been truly evil. He's pretty like, evil right now. But in the time, in the previous yeah. times, whenever people were very much comparing him to Kurt Henning as far as like bumping like a boss. Yeah. And also to Shawn Michaels whenever he would bump like whenever he used to bump like a boss as well. Um, it's it's that he didn't have that super mean streak. He was more just looked at as like like kind of like a beefcake idiot well, sometimes. I wonder, I wonder if the stupidity takes away from the ability for him to be believable in but everyone talks about his... how good of a wrestler he is. I can buy him as not stupid. I think I think the look and that the look is so close to the look he has when he's a babyface. It's the same look. I'm trying to yeah. what I'm thinking out loud about is we have right now we have a heel Dolph Ziggler and he's not nearly as effective as he should be. And it's coming no. and granted it's because he turned heel and then was immediately kind of like thrown into nowhere feuds with Kalisto and Apollo Cruz and the writing wasn't there. I don't think his yeah. heel promos are there because he's just they're writing him as just like now you're a jerk, you know, now you're. A but he's always jerk. been it. But he's always been a jerk. Yeah. But when I'm Mr. Perfect and Rick Rude are versions of a, the same character, right? But they're sure. spe very specific versions. Ziggler yeah. isn't specific, and I think his look is too... I'm thinking maybe Ziggler needs to stop being patterned off of a, a version of Shawn Michaels and try to look at Rick Rude or look at mm. Mr. Perfect and, yeah. and, and sculpt a persona based more off of them, you know? Or, you know, just take some hints from them on fine-tuning his look to convey villain, you know, and fine tuning yeah. his, his promos, finding that hook for his promos. Besides, I'm just going to say mean things at you. And I, cause I'm a meanie now, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's I partially wear, the writing, but yeah, it's like, I wear black trunks. Now that means that I'm evil. He fought Nakamura in silver and red trunks. And I'm pretty sure he wore to fight Miz. <laughs> he looked the same or Ambrose yeah. or something. Anyway, yeah. um, this can we? You want to talk about the end of this fucking match? The fuck! <laughs> All right, so I knew that you would have questions about this. So let's kind of let's let's go through it, and then I'll. Can explain you guess what my biggest why, question is? <laughs> no, that's that's a could be anything. <laughs> that's a fucking. That's a fucking. I mean, there's a lot to discuss there. Well, um, the two things. What is happen. what? What? Yeah, go, go for it. Roddy Piper comes out. Rowdy, out of nowhere. Roddy Piper. Rude is like he just did the biggest driving punch ever to a off man's of the head. Off of the shoulder. top rope. And then the crowd goes wild because Rowdy Piper's coming down. And to then the there's ring. another pile driver. Yeah. Roddy Piper comes down. I have no clue what's going on. He provides a distraction. I guess this is the setup of the next feud because they want to move Rude out of feuding with Warrior and into feuding with Piper, a feud that I imagined I would remember, but I don't remember at all. 
But so that's one question. But my biggest question is, Warriors finisher is a fucking splash. I hate splashes. <laughs> that's your biggest. It's just a question? simple. Spl- He's a huge <laughs> jack guy. He could throw Ru- Rick Rude into the crowd, and then wrap him in a ball, and yeah, smash he- him on his knee forty times. And instead, he does a a, a not even a top rope splash. Just as a splash. Yeah. Do a do yeah. a body slam. Splashes are dumb. That's fucking funny. It's, yeah, at least do a frog splash. A regular splash fucking... is the dumbest. Unless you're a big fat guy, is the only move you can do. A regular splash is dumb. It's still dumb if you're a big fat guy, but man, <laughs> I hate the splash. I cannot, I cannot believe that that is the biggest. That's question. my biggest question is about this match. This match, of course. The end He's of the fucking, this, Of course, he does the fucking. The splash. end of the biggest feud. He's probably he's been in to this day or up until this point of time ends in a splash in a distraction that, from Roddy Piper. That is the Warriors finishing maneuver. He does the tackle. He the does shoulder the tackle. tackle. He does the shoulder. I tackle like the shoulder tackle. Into the, into the splash. That is his finishing. Maneuver. I thought and it's not he called, did the it's not called press. like the. It's well, sometimes he does that, but he always turns to the gorilla press, drops him, gives him the splash, pins him. There's always the splash. There's oh, always fucking I must the have, I I think I probably just erased I the splash from my mind because I fucking hate the splash. Dude, he it's called like it's not even called like the ultimate splash. It's called big splash. It's called big splash. Yeah, that's pathetic. <laughs> this this match is a classic and I don't understand how it's got all that all those mindless nonsense shenanigans that are only redeemed by Jesse the body being hilarious they're yeah. not explained at all or referenced later on in the match mm. Warrior still has to rely on a random distraction from Roddy Piper to win Andy wins with a splash I don't know man I like this match, but I, I just don't see the. I guess I see why it's a classic. It's just not totally <laughs> doing it for me. All right, so let me explain why Roddy Piper comes down. Okay. So over the course of oh, you the summer. Quick. Oh no! Sorry. Over the course of the summer of 1989, Roddy Piper had been kind of guest hosting primetime wrestling with Gorilla Monsoon. Previously. Uh, uh, Bobby Heenan had been the host so there was an automatic like discourse between Piper and Heenan, Heenan based and... on their yeah. based on the primetime wrestling shtick where Heenan's like you're taking my place at primetime wrestling and Piper's like fuck you you know uh, you know you can have it if you want it but you're gonna have to fight me for it so eventually Heenan brings Rude on and Rude and Piper get into a verbal altercation. This okay. happens before SummerSlam. Okay. So you are correct that they are trying to move Rude away from Warrior to set up the feud with Piper. Also, they're moving Warrior away from Rude and putting him in a feud with Andre the Giant. Yeah, that makes sense. So at Survivor Series 1989, Warriors team fights Andre's team and oh, yeah. Rude's team fights Piper's team. Okay. So that's that's why they're they kind of set it up in the way that they did. Now Piper moons Rude 
Yes. And then we get the sequence. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, And in the interview afterwards, Piper asks Mean Gene Okerlund, he's like, what does a Scotsman wear underneath his kilt? And Mean Gene's like, oh, oh, I don't know, Roddy. And Piper says, his shoes. (laughs) All right. I love Roddy Piper. He's great. (laughs) But, okay, so I'm glad all these guys are dead. Yeah, fuck yeah, they are. They're all dead. You got Ref. Heenan's Heenan's kicking it. Heenan's kicking it. He had, uh, I think, jaw jaw cancer. Yeah. But um, he's he's still alive. He's still kicking. But, anyway, I, I do love this match. I understand the finishing sequence is kind of bizarre so and i know your opening now, sequence yeah now i know that you don't like the big splash yeah never pick a match that ends in a big splash again <laughs> even if the guy's fat <laughs> i usually move. don't but i mean the warrior the big splash you know who does a good big splash big e he gets like eight feet of air or something on his splash and he his his torso is like four feet thick so it looks like four sacks of sand, four sandbags just falling on a guy or something. It looks brutal. True. True. Well, I like <laughs> this match. I love this match. I'm not going to say I didn't like the match. It was fun. Tony Schiavone reminds me a little too much of Nitro. How did I forget that Tony Schiavone commentated shitloads of WWE matches from the era in which I was most watching WWE as a child? <laughs> totally. the funny thing when i watched nitro he, i'm pretty sure i thought he was just own a wcw only guy i never once was like that guy was talking during the matches six years ago when i was watching wrestling with my grandma <laughs> you know like never put it together shivani was originally supposed to take the place of gorilla monsoon so he was around like 88 like I think SummerSlam '88 was the first time that he was on like He's TV, WWF TV. Matches that we've watched for this. Because I love SummerSlam '89. Yeah, that's your favorite. That's this is the probably the third match from that pay per view we've watched on this. Second. This is the second one. You watched the Brain Busters and the Heart Foundation match. Did we watch one more? No, we have not watched one more from I that. I think we watched one more from this. I don't think that we did. What's the card? The, do you want me to <laughs> recite it no, verbatim? I, I'm good. Do you remember it? Yeah, I do actually. Um, the, the Heart Izod Foundation versus Brain Busters versus uh, Heart Foundation versus the Brain Busters. Then you Maybe have. I almost picked. You know, here's the thing. I one time almost picked Mr. Perfect versus the Red Rooster. Ah, yes, that's correct. But then I was bummed yeah. out because it's so short. I was trying to find a match that the red rooster was in that we could watch to maybe get to the bottom of why I liked the red rooster as a kid. It might've been just because my brother did not. You should pick a survivor series 89 match that he's in. I think he's on dusty roads. team. Yeah. But the survivor uh, series where we get to see the garbage stomp. (laughs) Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That was pretty cool. Okay, should we move on to the next? Let's move on. Everyone, uh, don't listen to Joe. Watch watch that match from SummerSlam 89. What? Red Rooster versus Mr. Perfect? It's three, no, three and a half Rick... minutes long. 
No, Rick Rude versus Ultimate Warrior. The well, man no is awesome. shit. It's got Rick Rude in it and Prime <laughs> Warrior. Watch the promo before in the video package. Totally. I mean, you can't go wrong. Or you could watch our random match generators pick this week. <laughs> oh, match number hell. three. Right to censor. Bull Buchanan and the Good Father. Versus the Dudley Boys. Versus Edge and Christian. Versus Road Dog and K Quick. That's K hyphen K W I K. I should have spelled the Good Father too. In a fatal four way match <laughs> for the WWF Tag Team Championship from Armageddon 2000, December 10, 2000. This is right after I stopped watching WWE, I think. I don't believe I ever saw this. If I did, I probably was bummed out. Oh, man. This. Well, hey, fun fact. Fun, hey, fun fact to start. Uh, this is the only pay-per-view to take place in the state of Alabama. <laughs> that is totally bizarre. Um, also, he also fun fact and kind of a, a early gauge as to how this match is going to turn out. It starts right after we're shown two celebrities in the crowd. Members oh, of who the are Birmingham they? Bolts XFL team. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't believe their names are given, and commentary makes fun of them. So, oh, all, and the theme music for this is like... What's the theme music? A really shitty, like, jangly digital guitar ripoff of, uh, like, Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> it's it's really it sounds terrible. It's like that's great. Someone ripping off Sweet Home Alabama to be in like an arcade game from 1994 or something. You know, like a background oh. track on a shitty like Street Fighter ripoff or something. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. That's great. So, Fuck. So we've got tag team champions, the right to censor, who are a group of prudes led by Steven Richards, formerly Stevie Richards. They're, they're supposed to be a reflection, or, or, or supposed to be a takeoff on the PRMC, who were given PMRC, the WWF. Parents, Media, oh, PM, PM, Rights Council, something? Yeah. Yeah, famous, uh, you know how I know about the PMRC? How? And this is why I hated Tipper Gore, since I was a young boy. Oh, because of the warning label? No, because, well, I personally got to know the PMRC most because I was a little young when they were really putting morning late, started that battle, right? Sure. But uh, on Megadeth's album, So Far, So Good, So What, <laughs> a great song <laughs> called Hook and Mouth. Hook and Mouth. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the chorus of that song goes, spells a word. He is like, F is for fighting, R is for red, blah, blah, you know, and he spells out F-R-E-E-D-O-M. And then the end of the chorus goes, this spells out freedom, which means nothing to me, as long as there's a PMRC. Oh, fuck, that's funny. <laughs> so he wrote, like, a kind of a killer song about how censorship is bad. I still like Right to that's... Censor, though. The Good Dude, Father they're... is hilarious. Because he was well, the, the godfather, and he gets converted to... He's the good father. Now he's the good father, and King, the hoe train has been derailed. <laughs> King goes, oh, the good old days. 
<laughs> of a year ago when we had the ho train. The um, I love the fact that Right to Censor's music is just like a, a really loud beeping sound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and you know what? I don't. I'm not big on. I like the Good Father. He's actually he's good. He's underrated. I think. Well, I guess he's yeah. probably a Hall of Famer now. Um, he is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I like him. Uh, Bull Buchanan is not very good, except he does a good. He does. A high boot to the face that is insane. Who, who, the who, the good father? No, Bull Buchanan. It's the only good oh, thing Bull he does. Oh, Bull Buchanan. In the match. Oh, yeah. No, he's like real. He does all these like, like Booker T style, like high yeah. savant kicks and stuff like that. Yeah. He's but really good. Steven Richards is great. His shitty face giving people shitty mean looks from the floor. They always cut to him giving the Dudleys a mean look. Because the story sure. in this match is that right to censor, as far as I rem- can tell from the what they show before, right to censor is trying to censor the Dudley boys, and the Dudley boys put right to censor through some tables. Yes. So true. There's instead of a a regular tag team match, <laughs> there's a a fatal four way that includes Edge and Christian and Road Dog and K Quick for whatever the fucking reason. Um. So. Road Dog and K Quick, yeah. So are fucking Road Dog brutal so for, and hilarious. They do some cool tandem moves. They do but, some pretty cool moves, but you can tell that Road Dog is in terrible fucking shape. Yes. Yeah, so when they come out, I thought, oh man, Young R Truth and the worst version of Road Dog ever rapping. And it's so, it's like painfully the year 2000. It's so badly 2000. I was embarrassed for me now, me in the year 2000, everyone in the year 2000. It's super embarrassing. Don't you think? It is completely embarrassing. But, but then one they do thing some that. They do fun things in the match. They do some fun things. I think that the, the, the entrance is very brutal. So brutal, in fact, that I actually have the lyrics. Up oh God! Right now. Are you gonna sing them for us? Rap them? I think I'm gonna try to rap them. You gonna them. rap them, Jason? I think so. Are you guys ready? Are you ready, Joe? I'm never gonna be ready for this. <laughs> I'm just gonna pull out some like. There's just a lot of things in this, so it's getting rowdy. Ha ha! Rowdy, rowdy. We getting rowdy. Oh, we getting rowdy on your ass. About to do the thing. About to get rowdy. <laughs> the rowdy. Thing. Yeah. All right, so K-Quick starts. A, y- a very young 37-year-old K-Run Truth Killings. After these uh, lyrics, i got to say something about that. Okay, so he says, uh, So many damn styles getting tossed in the mix. I got them yelling, get rowdy, K-Quick. We getting rowdy. I'm going to move some things. They want to see me bust a move and shake that ass like a jangalang. I got your flesh crawling when you see me. Ladies want to feel me. Knuckleheads want to try and beat me. I get down. Nice so easy. I get greasy. Low down, dirty, and sleazy. Teasing. I'll be the rash on your ass. Hollering, suffering, succotash. Oh, my God. I ain't, fear- I ain't fearing nobody. Damn right. K-Quick getting rowdy. That's the first verse. This was that there long? Are- there are about five additional verses. Hold, I don't think they do all those verses when they come out to the ring here. 
They must have done I those think, at different times. I think that they definitely got down. That they they, they got, rowdy. got down this one. They got yeah, gonna move some things. Holy shit! Uh, a couple of things here. K Quick is a worse name than R Truth. <laughs> Didn't think it was possible. Yeah, but it is. I also think that R Truth has the blood of the immortals coursing through his veins. <laughs> Don't you? Did yeah, R Truth exactly 2017 perfect. travel back in time to wrestle this match? Does he look any different now? Does he move any different now? Sound any different now? The guy's exactly the same as the year 2000. It's insane. Exactly fucking same. He looks exactly the fucking same. Exactly the same. And he was 37. Where did you make that age up? I just made that age oh, up. You fucking asshole. I actually think he was <laughs> I actually think he was like 29 or 30 cuz he's probably like 46 now. Well, let's see. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it does make 29 but... or 30. Well, let's see. I mean, hey, he's what? Something I was thinking about this is a tangent. When we watched uh, Warrior and Rick Rude's old school promos, Gold Dust is doing old school promos now that he broke up Golden Truth, <laughs> and he's talk. He's like doing old school Gold Dust promos, and he says the Golden Age is back yeah. and stuff like that, and he's gonna be the curtain call for our Truth's career, and they're gonna have a match probably at Extreme Rules, probably in the pre-show, but hopefully they get a real match and they get like twenty minutes. That would be awesome. I just like old That'd school promos, you know. I love a good old school promo. So oh, Ron, also, Ron, R-Truth like, blocks a double axe handle just by grabbing it with his hand. He does. I think that's my favorite As, move in the whole match. I think it's the blood of the immortals. Right? That's why. That should be his gimmick. They should do a gimmick with R-Truth where... I was going to say someone tries to kill him and he comes back to life because he has the blood of the immortals in his veins. But I don't think they can show murder on TV. It's PG. Well, they did blow up Vince McMahon. Wasn't PG during... then, was it? Oh, shit. No, it wasn't PG. Yeah, correct. Can't have a guy get killed. True. Ron Killings, R-Truth, was 28 when this uh, happened. In 2000. Doesn't look a day older than 46. <laughs> I guess. Doesn't. Something like that. Man, that guy, I don't even know what to say about K-Quick. <laughs> I do got to say that he and Road Dog do a cool, neat double elbow thing. That was much cooler than I thought. There's a couple moments in here where I was like, oh, that's neat. My biggest problem with, with this match is that uh, the Dudleys are the fan favorites, right? And I think they've yeah. been in WWE at this point a couple of years. Because when did they finish up ECW? Uh, 98. So they've been there about two years. It's two years. Okay. So they're the right. They're they're feuding with right to censor, and they are the favorites. And then, uh, they get their hits in on right to censor. They do one bad 3D and another 3D. They do a 3D where the guy kind of just falls on Bubba. Dude, Bubba, Bubba just falls on Bull <laughs> Buchanan. Yeah, they, they just fuck it up. Um, but they then... just fuck it up. Like, like they like. If you're gonna lose the plot, like lose the plot royally. Yeah. And they fucking lost the plot royally on that 3D. But so then it uh... looks fucking brutal. It looks like it looks like a fucking like you could be paralyzed at any moment. It was because a big because a big fucking fat dude just fell on your head. Yeah. And with then, his like shoulder, with his robust prime rib shoulder. 
Oh, gross. He is a big fat dude. So, and that's not, you know, not saying anything bad about him. Then, <laughs> this ma match ends with Edge and Christian winning. Edge and Christian win the belts. The crowd does nothing. So I'm like, whoa, is this the first time Edge and Christian won the belts? And the commentary no, says like the they're their four-time champs. So yeah. Edge and Christian, out of nowhere, win the belts for the fourth time, and no one gives a shit? Then they start talking yeah. about Christian wasn't the legal man when he hit Bubba Ray. It's a fatal oh, four-way. Yeah. Who cares? So this, this is still like seven or eight years before Edge makes it to the main event, right? This is about five years before he really oh, starts. 05, he, he hits the main, oh, five, the main event Oh five, oh six, because he came back from a neck injury, and that was whenever they really kind of put their full weight behind him being a main eventer. Because they look really silly here and look really young, and they're four-time tag champs apparently now. Yeah. And it's like, man, Edge was still Edge. I mean... They wasted... Edge is really fun in this match. He mocks Edge. people, the Dudleys. He's kind of like... They're good wrestlers, both him and Christian. It's weird that it took them that long to get, you know, to propel him up. It did, but also one thing that I want to point out with this title change is that it is definitely... They're, they're, they lose the belts at Royal Rumble 2001. Ooh. They lose... The, the Dudleys, they have a match. It's oh. the first match on the card. And it's a really great match. It's a really well-thought-out, well-timed match. They were just transitional champions because they want to get to the point where the Dudleys have the belts and they want to build to the next TLC between the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian oh. at, at Mania 17 or whatever. Or X7 in 2001. But why wouldn't you have the Dudleys win this fatal four-way? Or have it just be a Dudleys versus Right to Censor match? Dudleys yeah. beat Right to Censor, take the belts off them, everyone flips with amazing joy at Right to Censor being destroyed by their, their enemies, the Dudleys. Because I think that they were distracted at the time, like the WWF was distracted because at this time is whenever they actually make the first, the first advance to try and buy WCW. Oh, so they're kind of like not paying as much attention as they should. They're not, they're not paying as much attention because they are, Damn. they have kind of, they know where they want to go with rumble. Like they want they know where they want to go with rumble into mania like they have the main bullet points but the things in between are kind of falling by the wayside because everyone is kind of distracted because they know that after mania they're gonna have you know fucking 50 new contracts to deal with so what you're saying is that things are are getting rowdy yeah gonna move some things they're gonna move some things things are getting rowdy and uh it's just hard to you know Wow, this is right before Road Dog leaves WWE then, right? Yeah, he gets fired. Not long after this. Yeah. And then K Quick has a sword fight in a churchyard with somebody and uh, <laughs> pretty pretty cool. That's amazing. Um poof, okay. 
that's it. That's the whole pay-per-view. You got to go, man. You got a time limit tonight. That's the whole yeah, pay-per-view. Man. That's the whole, uh, that's the whole show. Um, yeah, man. We, I liked, we, did we like time, this match? We did we like this play. last match? I liked it because it wasn't Warrior versus Gold Dust. <laughs> I liked it because we got to see Archie time travel and try on a new name. <laughs> yeah, Blood of the Immortals. That's the fucking name of this one. Blood of the Immortals? Okay, <laughs> I'm good with that. Um, all right, thanks for listening to 3 Out of 3 Falls. Check out totf.tumblr.com, our podcast. Uh, we're going to post the matches. You can look at our old uh, posts and stuff, watch some cool, fun videos, send us some questions, uh, go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. Have a good uh, two weeks, and we'll be back. Yeah, be back in two weeks. Bye. See you guys later.